Hello and welcome to SAE Tomorrow Today. I am your host, Grayson Brulte. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to have Tyler Rather, co-founder and chief technology officer, Spartan Radar, and Robert Brown, chief strategy officer, Spartan Radar. Robert and Tyler join us today to talk about software-defined radar, the benefits to ADAS, and the benefits to Level 4. It's a really compelling story that opened your eyes to the benefits of radar and the positive impact it'll have on society. We hope you enjoy. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Grayson. Looking forward to it. I am very much looking forward to it because Spartan is cool, and everything I read in the press and everything that you gentlemen share with me, you're onto something really, really special. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Tyler, what is Spartan Radar, and why did you co-found the company with Nathan? So yeah, Spartan Radar to us is, it felt like, hey, there's something here in this automotive industry that really feels familiar. And a lot of us come from aerospace and defense, and many of us work together. Um, our chief technologist, Theogenes, taught us a lot of the math and the principles of radar that we do. And so Nathan approached me, this was about summer of 2020, and said, hey, I'm, I'm trying to think what I'm going to do next. And Theogenes talked to me about this automotive radar concept. What do you think? And at Theogenes's name, I'm like, I'm in. Tell, let's do this. Because the guy's brilliant. And so I dug into the math a little bit more and said, oh, there's something really here. So uh, it just took off after that. Is it the algorithm that's making what you're doing special? Or what's that special sauce? It's a little bit of that algorithm, which is just an entry to show that, hey, a lot of those things that we've worked on for years, here's an industry that is desperate for this. And so that was just, you know, step one. And immediately our minds were thinking, wait, you know, there's that one thing we did here or there or that year or that project um, that can really help these cars do the, you know, L2, 3, 4, 5 type of automation that we need. And Robert, you've got the background in L4. We we had you on, I think you were our second guest ever on the SAE Tomorrow Today podcast. Thank you for coming on. And I got to give a shout out to Mr. Brown Sr., your father. Uh, he was our guest in the audience, and we wish Mr. Brown was here with us because he was a phenomenal cheerleader for you. So you go from a, a great company in Too Simple that's focused on level four autonomous trucking, and you hook up with these gentlemen in this company doing incredible things. Why Too Simple to Spartan? You could have went anywhere. You had a, as friends of ours mutually said, you had a license to go anywhere you want, but you chose Spartan Radar. Yeah, Grayson, and, and thanks again. And my dad still talks about you and how much he uh, likes you and is an avid listener to the podcast. So you have a fan in my dad for a very, very long yes. time. Yeah, I, I, as you know, and you've known me for quite some time, I, I loved Too Simple and I love the space. Uh, I truly believe level four automation, especially in the commercial vehicle sector, is just going to completely change how the world is moved. People and goods will fundamentally change greater than any other time in history. You know, maybe going back to you know what, what Henry Ford did with, with the Model T. And and being a part of that from that core to simple team to, you know, where you know, I think last time I heard over thirteen hundred employees and they had the we had this great success with the IPO and, and the market is just so hot right now with what Aurora's doing. Uh, Embark, um, Kodiak had a good raise today, and I think everyone has seen the need. You know, f um, from a supply chain perspective, the driver shortage, everything is pointing in the in this direction. And the reason why I chose Spartan is that one, the team is completely unique. As someone that's hung out with Silicon Valley companies and startups for the last four years, the team is mature. 
They've delivered products that are protecting uh, folks today at military spec. They, uh, it's not a science project. It's not an R&D product. It's, it's something that's real and tangible. And until now, the market wasn't ready for a Spartan. You know, the automotive market wasn't ready for the Spartan. I mean, with so much public money, the, the industry transitioning from that R&D lab to an actual mid-decade where you're going to see, start seeing thousands of trucks on the road, I wanted to be a part of that, and I wanted to be an enabler. And you know what Spartan is? That's what they do. We enable automation across modes. And as you know, Grace, and trucking will be first, fleets will be first, robo-taxi, you know, so- sooner than later. But... Spartan will enable this technology to scale, you know, moving from that R&D kind of hand built, which is really cool. And and I've been on, you know, and been a part of that. But to go to scale, everything automotive grade, factory built, the robustness, these trucks need to, you know, see a million miles out there sweating that. And so and I know this team at Spartan can deliver that. Based on the defense background, when when you're putting components or automation into the theater, I mean, you're in some pretty intense stuff. And so you have to understand all these different elements from a weather element to a bad actor element. So that gives you the base that you you have there. Tyler, Robert, why do you think the market wasn't ready for Spartan until now? It, it, from my perspective, you know, and uh, I can speak to too simple and, and then and, and from others, it, it needed a validator. You know, and, and, and Grayson, you and Alan at Forbes and a few other people saw trucks, but that wasn't really what was cool at CES when we were all hanging out in 2018. You know, like, you know, I think it was me and Johnny at Embark and then Otto was hanging around and then Uber bought him and closed him down. You know, so it was a very, you know, trucks were kind of the black sheep of automation. And then people like realize, oh my gosh, it's B2B. There's not enough drivers. You know, the supply chain is, is, is crumbling as we speak because we don't have enough trucks on the road. So and then you've just seen that huge shift, you know, what Waymo's pivot, Aurora. I mean, just the whole industry, what Daimler's doing. Uh, you have, you know, huge validators in the ecosystem, the UPSs, the FedExs, the DHL, the Postal Service. Pretty much it, that you can look at transportation topics, top 50 carriers and fleets, and it's the who's who and everyone's, you know, working and piloting this type of technology. So it just, you know, the, the market, the ecosystem just wasn't ready three years ago for this type of type of technology. And uh, it needed to prove it out and it needed to prove it to the public markets, to public acceptance, the regulatory environment. So it just needed some maturity. And and, and I think and Spartan's well positioned now to, to really be that, like I said, that enabler and an accelerator uh, of production of automation across modes. The fun thing about Spartan is you can go in mines because you have the defense background. So if a rock and all that stuff that you'll in, encounter in a mine, that's really interesting. Tyler, the radar markets, it's not really, I wouldn't call it emerging. It's maturing and getting ready to, to go to the the next round. Your, your round that you raised, that clearly indicated that there is investor demand and appetite for this. What are your thoughts on the radar market today, and where do you really see it going over the next 12 to 24 months? Radar, you know, it's been around for almost a century. Uh, it, it's not a new concept, but it was maturing, and it took decades for it to mature and people to understand what uh, you could really do with radar. So understanding the the concept, the physics, the math of it, but also having all the components and that technology keep up with it or catch up to it. And so in the last 
20 years now with processors getting smaller and edge processors and GPUs and all of these coming out and smaller and smaller form factors where we have a radar on chip is what's enabling this now. You know, we're going from what used to be, you know, would take up hundreds of pounds and a large portion of an aircraft. And now it's on a single chip. And so what that means is now it many people can have access to this technology at a low cost. You know, the chip makers have done an amazing job of just getting these smaller and smaller and still maintaining great performance. So I see radar just stepping into automotive because you have the huge need and demand due to lack of drivers in trucking or safety due to distracted drivers. But I also see it branching out into other areas where when you have systems that need to have a physical sense of what's around you, like cameras, radars are going to help with that now. Is that where the trend towards high-resolution radar comes in? It's very difficult to understand when you look at the raw products of it, and we naturally want to see something that makes sense to us. And low-resolution radar, it looks blobby and blurry. And, you know, in defense, we learned how to deal with that for a long time until we started getting better processors on these platforms. And radar moving to a more software-defined type of capability, we could improve the resolution add more functionality and do multiple things at once. And so what the resolution does is it helps us isolate objects or isolate things that we're trying to look at and observe and gather information from. So resolution is the first step to unlocking a whole host of capabilities that radar can do. So let's just an example, an 18 wheeler is, is going down the highway your radar be able to spot a, a vehicle or for instance, if a piece of lumber falls off the back of another truck, the radar be able to pick up and detect that? Yeah, so it's helping the radar understand, you know, the radar will say there's something, you know, 300 meters away. But for the radar to know, is that in my lane or the lane adjacent to me? That's a very important problem for a fully loaded truck that may take hundreds of meters to stop. Um, so resolution right now for radars struggle to differentiate my lane or lane next to me at those kinds of ranges. So enhancing the resolution helps you understand, is it a problem I need to react to right now or something to be aware of? I'll just sum up this way. You're changing the game. There, there's no doubt about it. You're going to make the road safer. You're going to allow your partners and, and your customers to scale faster. I mean, that's clearly where it seems like Spartan's going and what you're enabling. Yeah, and we're trying to do it in a way that uses existing products, existing radars, so we can help anyone's radar, really. We're working on the software and the algorithms that can be applied anywhere. And we believe that, yes, you can add more and more components to get that resolution, but there's enough in the signal with how radars are being used where you can improve the resolution through software. Robert, your old industry, it was a lot of it was software. You've got all this fancy stuff doing fancy things. What are your thoughts on how high resolution radar will be used in the autonomous trucking industry as it grows up and scales? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be integral. Um, you know, too simple coming, you know, Shouty, our founder coming out of uh, Caltech and you know, an absolute genius in computer vision and and, and, and the team over there that built the, built the stack, um, you know, our, our computer vision is just incredible. And the naturalistic driving behavior uh, is second to none. And I, I always used to tell people I used to try to get in the truck once a month. And, and it's almost like a paternalistic, you're proud of your kid <laughs> when I'd see it change lanes dynamically. If there was a, you know, a, um, you know, a patrol car pulled over on the side of the road or interesting situations, it's just it's incredible to see uh, the growth of that. And 
where I see radar kind of really shining, um, we're, it will be a sensor fusion approach. It's not going to be one sensor hacks this, you know, the great hack, you know, that, that's going to deliver level four, generalized level four at scale to autonomy. It will be sensor fusion. And where Spartan plugs in is that instead of radar being kind of uh, one of the more noisy sensors in a stack, that is a, sometimes I want to call it the forgotten sensor, but definitely, you know, uh, cameras and LiDAR were, were definitely the, the, the showstoppers, uh, especially early stages, is again, helping that scale, you know, in the, the ruggedization, the all weather conditions, it's a proven commodity, can, proven sensor that can take the beating out on the road. I mean, the, the real winners of, in, of autonomy are going to be who can sweat that asset more, who can get, you know, who can do as many trips as they can from that port of LA to Dallas or to Orlando or, or to your neck of the woods, uh, Grayson in Florida, and, and, and turn that around and keeping that truck out of the shop so you're not swapping out sensors every, you know, 10,000 miles or something like that. These are going to be expensive assets, but the, the ROI is huge, both from the operators, the, the vehicle owners, the software developers, and then folks like Spartan uh, who, are, who are enabling uh, this technology to scale. You brought up a really valid point around making the product hard. There's a, a CEO of a, of a LiDAR company who I know pretty well, and he described to me in Florida with the moon bug problem, and they can't figure out when these bugs get on the LiDARs how, how to get them off the LiDARs. Will you have, let's say we, we've all driven on the highways. I've spent time going through Wyoming, Montana, and the bugs come like splat, 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 splat all over your windshield. And you got to, you can't see and you got to pull over and you got to put water on to clean it. Can, can the LiDAR keep going through a scenario like that? Or do you have to invent a windshield wiper or some heating mechanism? Tell how, how is that going to work? Yeah, it's, it's a physics uh, thing that, you know, with great resolution comes a lot of obstacles <laughs> <laughs> and you know you can make great pictures but it is very sensitive to particles and obstacles and obscuration part of the systems engineering is figuring out well how do we overcome this shortfall of the sensor and radar has them too but for lighter yeah you really have to protect that lens and and that line of sight to really get the most out of it in the, in the end, how a high-resolution uh, radar and LiDAR complement each other? But they go together like peanut butter and jelly, and they'll, one will focus on this, one will focus on that? You got it. Um, it's using the right tool for the job. You know, and like my toolbox, I don't have just a hammer. Radar and LiDAR can be very complementary. I, I agree. LiDAR will make the most beautiful images with the resolution and showing everything around you. Now, radar is a complement in that it can see beyond visible range, and it can see through weather, like rain, heavy fog, and snow and dust. And so this is where you have to recognize, okay, well, if I'm trying to see a long ways away when it's dark or it's raining hev heavily, I need to learn how to use the radar to tell me what's coming ahead. And if I'm in a city and it's a sunny day and I'm trying to see pedestrians on the sidewalk, LiDAR does a great job at that. But to take the one sensor, like Robert said, one sensor to rule them all, that's a very challenging thing to do because it just adds cost and complexity to that single sensor. Do we eventually get to the point where high-resolution radar can replace LiDAR in certain applications? I believe so. I, I, I think LiDAR is being overprescribed right now to do jobs that radar can do with the technology that's available today. You know, all you have to do is look at the public markets, look at the short squeeze on Luminar yesterday, shot up 20, 21% on a short squeeze because the whole the whole sector is being shorted astronomically 
by Wall Street. And then you look at Wall Street, we have the Rivian IPO today. That's it's amazing. Over $100 billion valuation. The market's focused on electric vehicles. Now that's the new thing. But there's this little very profitable niche called ADAS. It's it's an upgrade and consumers mean $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 to upgrade their systems. What role is radar going to play in that? Because it seems that what you've described, you can save a lot of lives and, and do a lot of good, especially if somebody's not paying attention, the radar could work with the automatic emergency braking and, and create a safer environment. Yeah, and that this is one area where radar shines is sensing the, the motion of objects around it. So whether it's trying to use it for automatic cruise control and following a vehicle, or you know when that vehicle slams on its brakes and recognizing that, oh, I need to stop quickly. The radar can inform the vehicle, you know, how quickly do I need to stop? Um, because, you know, you want to minimize that, that whiplash effect of all the cars around it. So radar is great for L2 ADAS even today. Many people don't even realize how much radar is being used for these ADAS systems. And so by adding additional software to improve how quickly you can measure that motion of vehicle and those critical events versus understanding, again, um, cars moving out hundreds of meters away from you and where they are with respect to your lane, that's what additional resolution and additional capability from a radar will do for L2. Yeah, and, and Grace, just just to add on to that, like, you know, as someone that's been a part of this, you know, I've been a part of DOT now for the last four years, I used to be a VMT guy, like, you know, you got to lower VMT, you know, to save lives. And uh, what we saw during the pandemic, uh, an outlier of that is that v- VMT went way down but accidents and fatal accidents went through the roof, which is, uh, you know, I know there's some controversy I just saw out of the 94% thing, but definitely bad distracted driving, drivers that are not paying attention and and speeding are all causes of, of what we're seeing and, 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 and having safety equipment on level two systems and improving existing uh, hardware through software is vitally important, not just for, you know, obviously the the business case, but more importantly, saving folks' lives. Because I, I bet there's every single person on this podcast or have listened to it have unfortunately been impacted negatively by an automobile accident or a trucking accident. It is a, you know, it is a you know a pandemic of itself. Just the carnage that happens on the roads that we just tolerate as a society that that needs to stop. It's pathetic and it's sad that we just turn a blind eye to it. I mean, that's really truly what it is and we can consumers have to get off their phone i mean the stuff you see stop staring at your phone pay attention to the road it's a common sense that could go a a long way but i want to go back to the business aspect tyler's been saying a lot of really cool interesting things and i'm picking up on something here using software to improve the radar are we going to see at some point, let's call it Acme Automotive, Spartan has a deal with Acme Automotive and they've got hundreds of thousands of cars. Will the software be updated over the air as, as Tyler's your team and engineers develop better algorithms, more safety enhancements? Could those eventually be pushed out over the air to, let's say, your customer, Acme Automotive? Yes, absolutely. And we would like that because we're continually researching the the latest and greatest Uh, the people we have this is what they do finding the best way to squeeze the most out of the hardware and so with something like over the air upgrades we don't have to wait for another three to five years or you to get a new car we can continually upgrade and give the best capabilities or the safest radar out there just by giving you you know hey we found a better way to detect stop vehicles or debris on the road add it to the radars I think that's uh, that's going to be the safest model 
It's the safest model. Robert, you're the chief strategy officer. It's a great business model. I mean, and that's that's phenomenal. So you've got this, Tyler and, and the engineers are building cool stuff up and saving lives with all their really interesting advancements in radar. And you're out there, you're talking to the customers and you're setting the strategy for the company. How are you positioning the company to capture this growing market share of ADAS technology that has just seemingly exploded? It's not just passenger vehicles, it's going to mining equipment, it's going to buses. It's anywhere that something moves, there's there's going to be an ADAS element in the next 10 to 15 years. So how are you positioning the company for that immense growth? Yeah, and it has to. As a society and as an industry, we're all going towards that. You know, level two and level four focus on the even numbers, Al, my, my friend Alex Roy always says. And, you know, how, how uh, Spartan's being positioned and how, how I see us, you know, evolving is, again, you know, we are that enabler. And there, there is a lot of education that we're doing. And so, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to educate the market because, as Tyler mentioned, you know, the, the, the LiDAR camera kind of centric uh, model of level four. And then also educating the existing players that are selling into level two today that, that hey, you know, we don't have to wait uh, for a new silica or a new spin on a chip. There's stuff Tyler and his team can do today to improve what you are doing and that will save lives. What, what got me excited is as much as I love level four and I came from level four and it will happen and it's going to be awesome. There's stuff we could do today, you know, for level two. And, and, and I always tell people, you know, and, and this goes back to like the workforce stuff, there will always be a need for drivers. Their, their, their role will change and there'll be segments of the operation that don't require drivers, but there's, you're still going to need level two systems in that level four truck for when that truck is outside of its uh, operational design domain or duty case when it's you know driving down in downtown Miami um, and it's not being automated. So the the beauty of this and what we're trying to do is that there's it's not like we're we're waiting around for the level four market to get here and mature or we're just banking on the level two market. It is a value add to both cha- supply chains and then. And, 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 and we're adding modes as we go. You know, trucking, it'll be first at the commercial application, nuclear verdicts. I mean, I was just at ATA and everyone, that's, everyone is talking about drivers and these accidents and, and what's, what's happening to this industry. Uh, it's putting folks out of business in a time when we need as many trucks out there as we can, you know, and, and being able to recruit new drivers in by making the industry safer. Uh, trucking is one of the most dangerous jobs out there. And so if we can make it safer, it's an opportunity for folks like UPS and FedEx to recruit you know, good, good talent. Because again, they're always going to be needed in their ecosystem, and it, even when level four gets here. So that's the beauty of Spartan, is that I really see us as a catalyst and as an enabler for all levels of automation and all modes of transportation. And then I know Tyler, you know, he wants to, he's got 10 other amazing things he's going to do with this uh, later down the road, but you, you have to have us back in a few years to, to, to get a few of those uh, besides the automotive applications. Okay, so I'm going to ask for a sneak peek. Is it planes, trains, and automobiles with, with John Candy and Steve Martin? Is that where you're going, Tyler? <laughs> All of the above and more. <laughs> okay, I'll take that combined with your background in defense and say you're on to something. Robert, you you look at this. You were you were at ATA. You're at the conference. You're 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 meeting with shippers. You're meeting. How do you get the market and the customers to understand the the true benefits of radar? We've seen lots of things throughout history. SAE um, about two years ago went around for a Tom Siegel's did a series of demo days to invite the public to take rides. 
And I'm going to go back in, in the way back machine here after Charles Lindbergh did the um, the flight across the Atlantic solo. He went around the 48 continents of the United States and did a tour to educate the public about the why and how it's safe to fly in a plane. That's what started to usher in the golden age of aviation. So two examples from history. What's going to be Spartan's example from history? The, the industry gets it. They, they get safety. These folks live and breathe safety equipment. The, the, the shippers and carriers that you know and love understand, and they're the ones, and they will tell these stories, they're the ones that have to talk to uh, drivers' loved ones where they've gotten in a bad accident or had to testify in some of these difficult you know, trucking accidents. So they get safety. And if we can prove our safety added benefits, they will, they will buy. I, I, I 100% believe in that. And, and where Tyler and, and the whole team, and what I've seen even just my short time here is that I call it the, like, the beautiful mind uh, moment where like, people will call and say, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're saying stuff, but they basically give Tyler and his team a, a very difficult problem and they turn it around and say, voila. And, that, and all of a sudden the phones start ringing and people get, start booking our meetings. Uh, so I am confident that our team can deliver on what we're saying. Uh, and I'm confident the market will buy, you know, like I said, the, the safety stuff we can do today for level four. And then obviously, Grayson, I don't need to tell you the, the appetite around level four, especially for commercial vehicles and mining and, and trucking and, and eventually robo-taxi. It will, again, it will be the, the greatest fundamental shift of, of how we move people and goods that we've ever seen, you know, since the Model T. So it, it's, it's incredibly exciting. And I want to say the Model T thing. Henry Ford was the first person after the flight of the Spirit of St. Louis uh, to go for a flight with Charles Lindbergh. And they sat in the same seat together, very cramped, but Henry Ford was that first person to go for that flight. I had to throw that in there. Tyler, so they throw a problem at you, and, and then out pops a Rembrandt painting. Is that is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> well, we have a lot of radar artists here, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah, this area actually in Southern California has a long history of developing these capabilities and radars. So it's we've worked with them. We know them. We bring them in here. And yeah, like you said, uh, they just come up with these solutions left and right. When you look at solutions, you're building great solutions. The markets, there's still a lot of misperceptions around radar and lighter. And your co-founder, Nathan Mintz, recently said the following in a tech crunch in which I'd like to get your opinion on, please. While showing lots of initial promise, LiDAR is failing to live up to all the hype, but the need for high-resolution systems hasn't gone away. The processing power finally exists to utilize advanced algorithms like super-resolution in real time to make radar a far better option for automakers. Could you expand upon Nathan's statement there, please? Yeah, the processing and the advancement that we've seen you know, since the 90s, um, the capability has increased dramatically. And so now what we have in terms of the amount of uh, floating point operations per second we can perform is vastly superior than what we had 10, 20 years ago. Um, there were companies that attempted GM itself to put radars in cars back in the 90s. And due to cost and performance, it just wasn't viable. And a lot of that had to do with uh, what was available at the time. There's two interesting trends in the market. I'll give you two examples. There's a trend of everybody manufacturing is either on silicone. Apple's doing it with the M1, the M1 Max chips. Google's doing it with the cloud com compute chips. And the other trend on the other side of the market is low power. 
Uh, there's a there's a clear desire from a mobile device to a car to go to low power. Will Spartan be able to tap into these two, which I'm going to call mega trends, or is you're still going to need the big GPUs? One of our heritage coming from defense is uh, we're used to working on really old processors. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what happens to those processors over time is you know the smaller ones and the lower power ones have less capability, and then you have the high power like the GPUs. Well, we have a, a strong focus on low power processors, um, specifically at the edge, because we know that's where you can be the most efficient and at times deal with the big, what's called the throughput. Radar has a very big pipe of data that it creates. And sending that to a central computer to be processed by GPUs, I, you know, while not for all applications, there are some where that might be useful, but for many, especially in trucking and automotive, you need to whittle that down and use the low power processors at the edge that can give you just the most important information rather than all the data. Now you're gonna tap into another mega trend. We mentioned the Rivian IPO over $100 billion today. Electric vehicles and everything has to be optimized. Lucid has publicly stated. So will we start to see the low power Spartan chips go into electric vehicles because your chip is not gonna have a negative impact on the range? Yes, I think you will. There's going to be a higher sensitivity to what the power consumption of your processing solution is for your capability. And again, being at the edge, it's it's going to be lower power uh, to deal with that throughput. And you don't want to sacrifice performance. Uh, we need more performance. And, and so you have to stick to those processes that use the fewest watts possible to get you the answers that tell you the important information of what not to hit or where to go next. Robert, you're out there meeting with a customer. You you explain to what Tyler just said. Are they like, yes, 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 yes? <laughs> yeah, we're, we are a still early. As Grace had mentioned, we just closed our A round and we're building out the team. So selfish plug, if you're interested in, in joining us, please check out our careers page. But 100%, again, as I go back to what we said, you know, from an ADAS perspective and an AV perspective, and uh, and I'm stealing this even from Shouty, who, who I love and adore from Too Simple. He was, anything you can do, at the edge or offline from a level four perspective is great from a safety redundancy perspective, you know, and, 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 and how he even viewed the world of computer vision of, of paying attention to what matters. What, what are your, what are your, who are your non-compliant drivers out there? Who are your threats that you need to assess? You know, all that kind of stuff is similar language that actually even I hear uh, with all these guys from Raytheon and Boeing talking about threats and adversaries. Uh, granted, there's a little different uh, applications uh, from what they were doing the last few, uh, several decades, I should say. But yeah, there's a lot of similarities. And then of course, you know, uh, as we go to uh, electric vehicles and and you know saving a watt here and saving a watt there, it truly add up. Uh, then of course all these vehicles re require very advanced ADAS systems. And then as the AV market uh, gets more and more electrified, uh, that's one where it's a little different, right? You know, uh, where electric trucks uh, level four will probably be last. But there's some great stuff that Neuro's doing and others in, in, in last mile delivering. I know you, Grace, and I know you know the folks at Cruise all of their success that they've been up to. There is some very interesting folks for different reasons that are excited about radar, but Spartan through the software and the sensor in itself and the modalities of it uh, can really provide solutions for these people, system engineering, uh, both ADAS vehicles and AVs. So if an individual listening to this says, okay, you're hiring, I'm interested, or I wanna learn more about Spartan, where can they go to learn more about Spartan? 
Well, we're on LinkedIn, so you can always find me or, or, or Tyler on LinkedIn and, and at Spartan as well. Also, SpartanRadar.com. We, we have a Twitter account. I think there's like three followers. So, the, you know, we have to grow that, but that's a part of my job. Uh, but yeah, the, the easy ways to find us. Uh, please reach out if you're interested uh, to learning more or, or coming to join a, a really fun and exciting team. Tyler, s- summing this all up, what makes Spartan Radar Spartan Radar? The people, the team that we have, and this is something that the co-founders really put a strong focus on of bringing in the people who have that passion to solve really hard problems, who've really applied themselves and learned the hard technical aspects of radar and software or firmware. And so as we built this team, seeing people, how quickly they grab onto these challenges and grow themselves. It's it's amazing. Um, it's the part that I, I love to see the most. And, and what I, I think I'm most proud of is the people that we have here. A wonderful, loving culture will take the company to a very long, successful business life. And so I have to tip my hat to you on that. Well, I want to go back to technical world with you because you get this stuff. Tell it, what is the future of Radar? I think it's going to move more and more uh, software-defined capability. Uh, we saw a similar trend that happened in defense due to you know limitation of processing or components. Uh, when you started to have software tell the radar what it can do next or how to change the waveform or where to look, you added so much more adaptability and brains to the sensor. Uh, radars that are on cars today have a little bit of that, but there's a lot of room for growth. And and so what radars need or what they'll have in the near future is almost this radar perception where the radar is looking at what's happening in the environment and responding to it in a smarter manner, not just doing a very fixed type of performance. And this is what a radar needs to do to get the most out of it. Um, because again, like with you know LiDAR and bugs on the lens, with a radar, you need to really focus it at times in, uh, in the most important areas. So a radar getting smarter with the processing and the edge is going to give it much more capability. Radar is a growth market. That's clearly what you gentlemen described on this podcast. And as we look to wrap up this insightful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them? And Robert, we'll start with you on this one, please. Yeah, I think uh, just keep an open mind. It's it, it's going to be, you know, I know it, it, radar is, uh, you know, kind of, again, was not the, the most exciting sensor, especially in the AV world. But, you know, give us and the team a chance and, and the whole industry, because what this team and what Spartan can do will really change the game for safety, you know, and then also, of course, you know, getting us ready for the, that AV future. And and, and folks who know me, and I'm a big ecosystem guy. I love working together with folks, and that's how we're going to do this together. Um, it's not going to be one company. It's not going to be one OEM. It's not going to be one tier one. It's not going to be one software play. It's, it's us working all together to pull this off because we, we have to and we need to from, from global warming to you know e-commerce and, and, and supply chain. If we don't pull off what we need to pull off over the next few years, we're all in a lot of trouble. So let's do it together. And let's try and get along at the same time. Yeah, be nice to this. each other. Please be nice. Yeah. Uh, the shirts that said, uh, was it? Be, ki- be kind, rewind. We got to come up with a slogan now for with no more VCRs, but something for today that gets individuals to be nice to another. And Tyler, what are your thoughts as we look to close out here? 
a little bit similar to Robert's that it, it's going to take many companies, many technologies, many sensors to figure this hard problem out of autonomy. It's, it is not a trivial thing. It's, it's a Herculean task. I think one that's going to be marked in our history of advancement as humans, that the point where we could automate all of these tasks that we used to do, I mean, we'll look back and say, I can't believe we put a 16 year old behind, you know, the wheel of a one ton vehicle. And I also think that I do think there is a, a very strong need right now. And what we need to do is take what we've learned from the past and build on it and not be afraid of what's also coming down the line from the future, these technologies that are breaking through and taking the best of both of those worlds. I think that's how we're gonna uh, overcome these obstacles uh, to the autonomy um, in trucking and automotive and other areas as well. And as, as the gentleman said today on the podcast, let's all work together to solve hard problems and let's be kind because this is gonna take a complete ecosystem to enable the future of autonomy and Spartan radars on their way there. They're doing wonderful things and they're merely just getting started because today is tomorrow. Tomorrow is today and the future is Spartan radar. Tyler Robert, thank you so much for coming on SAE Tomorrow Today. Thank you. Thank you, Grayson. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week when I sit down with Jody Kelman, General Manager Lyft Autonomous, when we discuss Lyft's autonomous plans for an autonomous future. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.